0: Adam, now? Can you hear me? All right. Jake said, man, they play fast. There's a reason why I wasn't strumming. The way those ones are written, to to play at that speed, I don't have the dexterity. Well, I am, I'll be honest, I'm going back and forth as to what to preach. I I know it should be in Ephesians, and it's it's a I love this passage of Ephesians as it looks at Christ and the church, and the and the the, the house or the home. Uh, but uh, um, I was told by Rich that I, just because I uh, didn't get to preach this morning does not mean that I get to preach twice as long this afternoon. Uh, <laughs> What's that? <laughs> it may be fear. It may be fear. Uh, turn to Luke chapter 19. I told Richard, I said, I've got one I've been kind of tossing over for a while. And he actually read the verse this morning. Um, brother brother Manka read the verse this morning. We read it. Uh, and uh, and uh, I've been tossing this one around for a while. So maybe... This morning, or this afternoon, just maybe it's time to to do it, just as a reminder of God's plan here on this earth. If you would, uh, Luke chapter 19, we're going to read verse 10. And we're going to pray and ask God to to bless this this message. This is verse 10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Let's pray. Father God, I, I pray, Lord, that you would be with us. Uh, God, I I, I pray that you would help us to to take a verse, Lord, that we've heard, Lord. Maybe we've even memorized um, and we've heard it over and over again. But God, I pray that you would refresh the truth in our hearts and minds. Lord, it's easy sometimes to look at these verses and just to um, gloss over them because we're so familiar with it. Um, And it's such a simple truth. But Lord, just because it's simple and just because we've heard it before, doesn't mean it's it's not important. In fact, I believe, Lord, that this that this verse is so very important for us to understand, but also, Lord, that we might follow it as an example. I ask, Lord, that you might bless us now, fill me with your spirit, Lord, give me the words to say, you know that I need you, Father. I know that I need you. I pray that you bless this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is a very this this verse I don't know when I memorized it I memorize it sometime as a, as a child I think in wanna. for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost and there's a powerful message in this verse now I I know that we are uh that uh, we that are here are most likely saved uh if not you we're all aware of the gospel and what Jesus came, what Jesus came uh to this earth for uh but but uh, I Peter said it, and Paul has said it, that sometimes uh, the, the th- these truths need to be reminded, or we need to be reminded of them, uh, not because we don't know them, but to refresh it in our memory, uh, to refresh it in our heart, maybe to stir it up a little bit, because the truth is sometimes these things get stale. I don't know how many times I've read over this verse, I don't know how many times I've quoted this verse. And, and just didn't really think about, uh, because of how familiar it is, I didn't think about just the, the power that's in this verse. So, so if you would, we're just going to break this verse down. Uh, just a couple of points here, this this, e- this evening, afternoon, whatever it is. It, it shouldn't be a long message, but I'm not promising anything, because who knows what God will do. But it says, For as the Son of Man has come to seek and to save, that which is lost. The word Son of Man is a phrase that we see many times in the Gospels. And a lot of times we see that as we know that it's referring to Jesus Christ. Uh, because it's used mostly, Jesus referring to himself or, or by somebody else as being the, the Son of Man. Uh, but what we don't necessarily understand is that it references prophecy in the, in the book of Daniel. Now the the Pharisees knew this, and in the fact, there were times when when he would when he would call himself the Son of Man. It was almost a dig to the Pharisees. They were upset about it. Why? Because he was identifying himself as the Messiah by calling himself the Son of man i I've heard, I've heard Muslims uh, say, uh, well, he never called himself the Christ, he never called himself the Messiah. He would say that he was the Son of Man, well if he is the Son of Man, then he's not God well. I beg to differ. Uh, 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 Daniel tells us very clearly that it was the Son of Man who was going to to come and and, and rule one day, and he very clearly identifies himself throughout Scripture and and uh, through other things. When he said uh, the Abraham, the uh, the Abraham was he was before Abraham, and Abraham rejoiced to see his day. And and, uh, and before Abraham was, I was. Uh, what, and he says, or before Abraham was, he goes, not I was. He said, I am, referring to what did Moses hear? I am that I am. so sent you. So uh, Jesus Christ was absolutely the Son of God. Absolutely the Son of God. Uh, uh, and we say that, that he was not the creation of God. And we know that John 3, 16 says, uh, in the beginning, or, sorry, not in the beginning, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that who, uh, the, who swear believes in him, should not perish but have everlasting life. And we hear that word begotten, and I've actually had somebody what does that mean? Well, that he was begotten of God. What does the, the word begotten uh, mean? The, uh, it's well, I, I beget Elijah. And one day hopefully uh, Lord, Lord, if the Lord tarries, uh, Elijah will grow up to be a, a father, a husband and a father and Elijah will beget some children. I, I begat uh, four children. So, so Jesus, the son, was begotten. Well th- does that mean he didn't come into, he didn't come into existence until his birth? Because there are those that believe that. Uh, that's a false doctrine, by the way. Uh, uh, but he was begotten of Mary. And who? The Holy Spirit. The Bible says the Holy Spirit moved upon her and, and, and placed that baby there. So he's begotten of God, but he always was. Uh, just because he, he wasn't in earthly form until that point in time does not mean he did not exist. John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, so, so Jesus Christ always was, and uh, he, uh, he, he was there with God in the beginning. He goes on to say that, that, that all things were created by him and for him. Uh, Colossians says that because of him, all things continue to consist. That he always was, he always will be, and we wouldn't be here if he wasn't. I mean, think about the, the, the greatness uh, and, and the deity and the power that existed. The Bible says that in him, all the fullness of the Godhead dwelt. He was fully God. But he was also man. And it is difficult for us to wrap our minds around that. But when it says for the son of man, it's not speaking about uh, just some person that came. It's talking about Jesus Christ. And by the way, Christ wasn't his last name. We we say it many times, like, Jesus, no, 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 it's not a swear word. And it's not his last name. The word Christ refers to the fact that he was the Messiah the promised one, the one that Israel had been waiting for all along and rejected when he came. The Bible says, for the Son of Man came, or is come. But the Bible also tells us this. uh, This kind of touches on something that that, uh, uh, God is a God of order. And God has given us headship or or, or directorship Uh, there in Ephesians we're talking about uh, the the next section is talking about the wife is to submit to the husband as the husband submits to to Christ or as the church submits to Christ as the head of the church There's, there's there's an order there you know there's an order in heaven the father sent the son to be the savior of the world do we deny that Jesus is equal with God absolutely not we believe that he was exactly equal. That's why the Bible says in the Philippians, he thought it not robbery uh, uh, to be equal with God. Why? Because he was. he was. He was God. He was equal with God. He wasn't a step lower. He wasn't, it's not that he wasn't as important, but there's a hierarchy even in, the, the, even in the, the Godhead. You have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They're all equal. They're, they're all God, and they all have authority over us. Amen? But the Father did send the Son back in Ephesians chapter one we, we understand that it was a plan of the father done through the work of the son on the cross uh, uh, his sacrifice uh, through the, through the work of the spirit in us that's how, that's how salvation works the father sent the son but he didn't just send the son to come to earth I'm glad that there was purpose in what what, what happened. He didn't just come down to dwell among us to see what it was like. He didn't come down just to, to see the, what, what we had done with the place, uh, uh, to, to see how we messed things up, because we have royally, as mankind, messed up what God created. The Bible says it was good when He was done. After the fall, it wasn't good anymore. The thorns began to grow up, and people had to work hard, and nothing that I have a problem with working hard for a living. But it, it would have sure been nice to, to just have to watch over the animals instead of have to dig into the dirt for Adam and Eve there was purpose for why Jesus came notice it says for the son of man is come there is purpose there and we know what his purpose was seeking to save that which was lost we'll get to that in a minute but do you know that God doesn't do anything without purpose When God does something in your life, there is purpose in it. When Jesus Christ came to this earth, everything he did was with purpose. Everything that's recorded about Jesus Christ, there was a purpose to what he did. Think about it. When he was a 12-year-old boy, and, and, and he wanders off, his mom and dad are upset. They're thinking, this kid has gotten himself in trouble. They're probably thinking of the other ones. Maybe they're worried that somebody's hurt him, but they don't know. But Jesus, where did they find him? They found him sitting in the temple, uh, teaching, uh, uh, discussing with the scholars. And then they were blown away with his understanding of the word of God. And what did he say to his mom? Well, I was having a good time. No, he said, I was, I was, I was here to do the purpose of my father. Which sent me. He, it was almost like he was surprised that, that, they, that they didn't understand that, especially knowing that an angel showed up one day and Mary, Mary got pregnant without ever knowing a man. They, they should have known, but they forgot. As Christ is our example, should we not also have purpose in everything that we do? Now, Christ's purpose was always to fulfill the will of the Father. We see that in John chapter 4 when he's, uh, when he's sitting on the side of the well. The Bible says he must needs go to Samaria. None of the other disciples understood why they had to go through Samaria, but there was a woman that was going to be by a well, who was going to go tell an entire city of people about, about Jesus, about this man uh, who told her everything that she'd ever done. And he had, he, there was an appointment to meet her. They just didn't know about it. Uh, they get to the well, the disciples go in to get some food, because they're all hungry, and they're, they're, they're bound up in, in, in the fact that they, don't, they didn't bring enough food, they don't have any food to eat, and they go to get food, and, and they walk right by this woman, the woman walks down and to get some water, and Jesus begins to speak to her, and we know what happens, praise the Lord, she, she, she comes to understand that he is the Messiah. And when she leaves, uh, she, she goes back and she passes those same disciples, but this time she's got a smile on her face and a, and a leap to her step. And, and they, they're like, why is he talking to that woman? Listen, he didn't go there for water. And he didn't sit down because he was tired. Now, he may have asked for a drink of water, but even in asking for water, there was a purpose in that. It was to start up a conversation with that woman. It was not by accident. It was, it, was, it was all planned out in the mind of Christ. There was a purpose to it all. The disciples, the disciples asked him if he wanted something to eat. And he said, I have meat that you know not of. And what was he talking about? He that, 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 he's talking about the fact that he was there to, to witness and, 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 and to, to reveal himself as the Christ to this woman. And, and that was, what was this mean? To do the will of the Father that sent him. He came with purpose. As our example, should we, again, should we not, in our daily lives, live with purpose? Now, I, I'll, 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 I'll bet you to say this. We all do. Sometimes it's our own purpose. I have a list of things that I've got to get done today, and I'm going to check them off. I'm not a I'm not list person. Uh, My wife is a list person. I'm not trying to throw her under the bus. Uh, Lists aren't a bad thing. I'm not trying to knock people that are trying to be organized. It's a good thing to be organized. But what's the purpose behind the things that you're doing? Are Are you doing it because I've got to get this, I have to accomplish these tasks because I want it done? Or I'm trying to serve the Lord and I want to do what I know he wants me to do. What's our purpose? Uh, 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 We need, there there are certain things we need to do. Uh, We need to go buy groceries. You know, you can do that with purpose. The same purpose that Christ had. Uh, A pastor friend of mine used to go grocery shopping with his wife until she told him he wasn't allowed to anymore. Because he went with purpose. Because every time they go to the grocery store, she'd be walking down the aisle and he'd be passing out tracks into the other aisles. I'd say, well, you can't do that. You can, actually. And I'm not saying that you have to do that. I'm not, uh, but he, when he went out, he goes out with purpose. Uh, he's a a preacher that I don't know how he accomplishes all the things and I'm not trying to compare myself or anybody else to him Uh, I just just appreciate the fact that as busy as he is as many things as he has to do uh, he does those things for a purpose and those purposes are not his own uh, those purposes are to tell others about Christ, uh, to share the gospel to, in, in one way or another. Sometimes it's through just sitting down and having a conversation with somebody. Uh, sometimes it's, it's through, it's through uh, a, a purpose, scheduled meeting. Sometimes it's, it's uh, he'll just go down and sit on the, because uh, I, I asked him how he, did, how he accomplished it with, with the time that he has. How he, he goes, sometimes I just go down and I'll sit on a bench. And when somebody comes by I says, hey, do I know you? He goes, I'm not lying. I'm asking them a question. I don't know them, but they don't know that. And so they'll stop and they'll think, trying to figure out who I am, and, I'll, and then I'll tell them who I am. And, and then that leads to, uh, he's a pastor of a church, and it leads to him being able to be a witness and a testimony. Uh, but, but listen, it's all done with purpose. And this is, my, this is my point, folks. If Christ came from heaven and left heaven for, for this, pur- this purpose of his, that was beyond just important. It was the most important thing. It, it was more important than the healing of the blind man or the lame man or the deaf man. It was more important than the casting out of the demons of, of the possessed man. The, his most important purpose was to die on that cross so you and I could be saved. Is our purpose more important than his? he hasn't asked us to die for him. He's asked us to live for him. He's asked us to follow him. Is our purpose, more important. Well, you don't understand how busy I am. You're right. I don't know how busy you are, because I don't peek into your lives. I know we're all busy, because that's the nature of 2021. Uh, uh, there is always something going on, there is always something to do, there is always somewhere to go There's there's, there's a million different things and i 'm not asking you to add on to your to, to, to your to, to your list of things that you have to do i'm asking you to do them with purpose i I, I heard a, a preacher say this this morning actually on the way into church. I thought it was great wisdom. He said, to the pastor, if a pastor is is is, is serving and working, uh, and, and at, the, at the end of his day, it's good for him to go home and minister to his kids. If he spends eight eight ten hours studying the word of God, uh, serving in the church. It's everybody would agree it's important for him to go home to his family, to not neglect the wife, the wife and the children God has given him." But many pastors will then look out at their, at their congregation and say, you, you know what, after you have worked 8 or 10 hours at your job, you need to come do this at the church. You need to minister in this way and add on to. Well, it's good for the goose. It should be good for the gander. I'm not asking you to add on to. I'm asking, I'm not, I'm, we're not going to start doing uh, a million different ministries. And Because you know what will happen? It will burn out our church. It will burn out our people. Do you, know, do you know that back in the first church, they didn't need to have a visitation schedule where you go out on Saturdays or you go out on, no, there's nothing wrong with churches that do it. I'm not trying, I'm not knocking it. I appreciate it when I go out and there are people who go out with me. But you don't have to show, show up at those visitation hours to, to, to share the gospel with somebody. God has put people in your lives that I'll never meet. And the truth is if if you and if you would just reach one person and be able to Share the gospel with them and work in it, whether it's a neighbor or a family member, co worker, whatever. God, and you man, you, and, and again, follow the Holy Spirit as He leads, because God will put people in our lives at different times. I'm not saying that, but, but if our focus, if our purpose really is to share the gospel, guess what? Those, those opportunities will pop right up, and you won't have to be knocking on doors. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't go out and knock doors, I'm not saying we shouldn't go out and, and be out in the community and do those things, but. But to be a witness, you don't have to. Because you've got neighbors, you've got family members, you've got co-workers. You, you're not isolated. If you are, don't be isolated. Get out. Live life. Hand out a tract. Invite somebody to church. More importantly, share the gospel. Invite him into your life. Jesus was a... I see here in, the, in, in verse, verse 10 that he, that he came with Purpose. Jesus is come. Jesus, for the Son of Man, is come. Now, let's look at what his purpose was. To seek and to save that which was lost. The word seek means to to go searching for. You ever lost something? that you couldn't find, maybe a letter got misplaced. <laughs> Sorry, Brother Troy. Brother, Brother Troy misplaced the letter and he was trying to find it, as long as I said that. Uh, we've all lost something, our keys, uh, 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 something that was important to us. Uh, and man, when, when you lose that, what do you do? <laughs> you look for it, and you don't stop looking for it until you find it or until you replace it. Because it's it's important to us. There's a there's a value to it. Uh, can I tell you? When Jesus Christ looked at the world, he found value. Now you and I would look at what Christ was looking at, and, and he, our our culture will look at it and say there is no value there. If we saw it for what it really was, but God saw us, Christ saw us, and put placed a value upon us that that none of us can ever match. So much value on it that He gave His life for it. He came to seek it. Uh, uh, notice he, uh, when he came, uh, he was accused of, of, of hanging out with, with drunkard, drunkards and sinners and prostitutes. And guess what? You know why? Because he did. Uh, one of my favorite verses is that the the, the, the physician came not uh, uh, for for those that the, or he came to heal the sick, and not for those that weren't sick. I'm, mis, I'm misquoting the verse, uh, but the the the, the principle was there. Uh, uh, he he didn't come to, to 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 save those that didn't need to be saved. Now listen, the truth is we all need to be saved, but there are a whole lot of people out there that just don't see that they have a need for it. Christ came for each and every one of us. He, had a, he placed a value upon us that, 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 uh, that we wouldn't even place upon ourselves. And he came to seek us out. Just like Christ came with purpose. Do we go and seek out others? We're supposed to live our lives with purpose. Are we seeking out those opportunities? Are we seeking out uh, those in our life that that are without Christ? Now, listen—you can't do that if you're so caught up in the things of, uh, of of your life. If you're if you're all caught up in your career, if you're all caught up in, in the world, if you're all caught up in entertainment or the things uh, the things that are or the things that have to do with you, you're not going to see the things that God would, be, would would be blatantly obvious if you were uh, yielded unto the Spirit. Just like Philip, Philip didn't know why he was going where he was going. Uh, all he knew was the Spirit said go to the desert. So he went to the desert. And then here he sees this cloud of dust, this cloud of dust, and, and, and uh, when he gets to the desert, it's a, a couple days' journey. God's timing and how a man coming from Jerusalem and, and Philip coming from Samaria, how they met in the middle of the desert, it's only only by the, the, the work of God. But, but they get there, and, and, and the, the Spirit tells Philip to join himself to that chariot. So he runs after it. And it was immediately, immediately obvious to him, when he was yielded to the Spirit and obedient to the Spirit, what he was there for. Because he saw the man reading out of the passage of Scripture, and he says, understand what you're reading? You say, well, I wish it would be that easy for me. It could be if you're yielded to the Spirit and if you're looking for those opportunities. Now, it won't always be that easy. But the, the truth is, we're always to be walking in the Spirit, Amen. We talked about that on Wednesday. We talked about that last Sunday. Uh, we should be walking in the Spirit of God. It's not just a, it's not just a matter of, of, to, to preach the gospel and be filled with the Spirit. The Bible says I need it for, if I live in the Spirit, I should walk in the Spirit. It should be a matter of my every day. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be just on Sundays or just when I've got to go do something for the Lord. If my purpose to, is to live my life for the Lord, I need the Spirit of God for every step of my day. So instead, of, so instead of just waiting for Sunday to, to, to pray for the Spirit or waiting for, for, for service to just say, Lord, t- today will you lead me, will you guide me, will you open up my eyes so that I can see those opportunities and will you prepare me and equip me for it? Because, listen, I know that I can't save anybody. I can't. I, can, I can't convince somebody uh, into accepting the truth of the gospel. Paul said the same thing. It wasn't by our words, but it was the power. Now listen, the power isn't is not you and me. The power is the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John six six forty four, let's the Father. Uh, uh, draw them they can't come unto him we need the spirit of god to draw them and open up their eyes to see the truth of the gospel you can you can write it out plainly on their forehead and make them memorize it and shout it shout out loud for everybody to hear. unless god opens up their eyes they're not going to know what it means i remember the day my eyes were opened i praise god for that opportunity that i got to see the truth listen i knew it I quoted it. I preached it. But God finally helped me to understand it and to to believe it. <coughs> Excuse me. So we need the power of the God. We need the the, the Spirit of God. So so yes, uh, Jesus, the Son of Man, uh, came to seek and to save that was lost. He was he was walking and, and listen, he was walking and doing things in the Spirit as well. By the way, say so, well, he was God. He didn't need the Spirit. I wasn't planning this. There's there's a passage uh, in, I believe it's the book of Luke, where it says the Spirit of the Lord was present to heal. It's talking about Jesus. Now, why would it say that? Because there were probably times when the Spirit of the Lord wasn't present to heal. See, Jesus Jesus uh, was our ultimate example. And in the flesh, uh, he, was, he, he, he could not do those things that in his deity he could. He needed the Spirit of God to empower him, just like you and I need the Spirit of God to empower us. And if you remember, from, from, the, from the moment he was baptized, the Spirit of God was leading him everywhere he went. The Spirit of God lighted upon his shoulder when he was baptized. And the very next passage says, And the Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tried and to be tempted. And then when he came down off the mountain after being tempted, guess what? It said that he he did that, being led by the Spirit. You and I need the same Spirit of God leading us. We need to, we need to go and, and listen uh, his ministry began to start and it started slowly it wasn't as fast as we can read through the gospels uh, i love the book of mark and it says, and, and and immediately and immediately and man there was he was a busy guy if you read the book of mark but this was spread out over three years there was there was moments of time and and times of prayer and times of of being alone and times of just being with his, with his disciples but listen all of it he was in the spirit it's like we need to be in the spirit we need to be doing the purpose of the will of God, and we need to be led by the Spirit as we seek those opportunities that God would give us. When's the last time that God opened up that door for you? I'm not saying that you got to lead somebody uh, in, through, through prayer. I'm not saying that that, that uh, because listen, the God, the Spirit of God will lead us to, to, to sow the seed. It's God that does the, 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 the does the rest of the work. Uh, but when's the last time that God gave you that opportunity to share the gospel, where where you came into somehow uh, you don't know how it happened, but but uh, you were you were just it was there that opportunity to to, to be a witness to, to family, friend, uh, child, uh, whatever it is. That should be our. It should be our every day that we're seeking it. Anyways, it doesn't mean that we're going to see people saved every day, but we should certainly be seeking truth every day D.L. moody's actually actually made a, a vow unto god i, I, I remember this uh reading his his, his uh, uh, from his, his, i will not keep wanting to say his obituary but that's not his obituary uh, re- i wasn't alive when he died i uh, reading his uh biography that's the word i'm trying to think of and he made a vow unto god that he would never lay his head down to, and go to sleep without having told somebody uh, about the savior and in, in that same chapter, it then talks about times when he laid down his head and had gone all day. You think, how could D.L. Moody forget to share the gospel just like anybody else because he was human, just like you and I were. Uh, but but he, he would lay down and he'd, and he'd get ready to close his eyes and the Holy Spirit would say, remember your promise? And he thought about how easy it would have been just to close his eyes and fall asleep, but then, re, but then realizing the fact that he would be breaking a vow that he made God would get up at midnight and put on his clothes and go out in, the, in the weather, whatever the weather was. And, and, and times how God blessed that. Where he walked up to so a man who was underneath a, 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 a street light blocks from his home and just sit, began to preach to him. And the guy got angry at him. Then he later came to his home and thanked him, because he'd gotten saved. Now, I'm not saying you need to make that vow, but I don't think it'd be a bad thing if you did. Just keep it. Our lives, uh, our lives, our our everyday should be with purpose. We should be seeking out those encounters that that, that God might might have for us. And listen, not just seeking uh, who we want, but seeking whom he wants. Because there is a a lot of people out there that Jesus, Jesus would have, we would have found Jesus around that we won't find any Christians around. May we be, may we minister? And listen, they'll be the ones that are most open to the gospel. Jesus didn't. Yes, Jesus preached to the Pharisees, but did you, did he you read how he preached to them? Vipers, whitewashed tombs. He wasn't easy with them. He gave them the truth, but so yes, there were times he preached to them. But most of his time was spent with the down and out, the beggars, the the the, the thieves, the, the the drunks, the uh, the prostitutes. Why? Because they were the ones that needed him, and and knew they needed him. The Son of Man has come to seek. and to save. I'm so glad that he didn't just search us out. Now, this is a work that Christ did that you and I cannot do. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. It means he came to redeem you, to purchase you, to keep you from destruction is what the word means in the Greek. Because you and I were, or both on our way to hell, we were, we were, we were, we were already condemned. According to John chapter three, uh, he didn't come to condemn us. We were already condemned because we were, we were lawbreakers. Uh, uh, he didn't come to look down and put down his nose at us. He came, uh, he came not just even just to minister unto us while we were alive. He came to save us. His whole purpose was to die on the cross. Uh, he sat there and he had dinner with them. Uh, he, he, he ministered to them. He healed them. Uh, he, uh, he, he did a lot of work and t- taught them some great truths. Uh, I, I, I love the Sermon on the Mount, and he taught that to his followers. But listen, he didn't just come to teach or to preach. He came to save. That's that saving what took his dying. It was all part of the plan. It, was never, it wasn't that God tacked it on at the end and said, well, now that I got you down there, son. <laughs> God doesn't do that. But what he, what he knew it was the plan all along, and he willingly gave his life for us on the cross. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. But in doing that, it took sacrifice, his. He sacrificed for us. He did it because he loved us. Uh, Hearing His love, not that we love God, but that He loved us, and sent His Son to be the propitiation uh, for our sin. Uh, I, I am thankful for, that He is the perfect picture of love and sacrifice. But the truth is, love is sacrifice, and we have we as believers are called to love one another. I am called to love my wife, and I'm called to love my neighbor, and I'm called to love my enemies. There's nobody on this earth that I'm not called to love. But if love is sacrifice, what does that really mean for us? Within the body of believers, we submit ourselves one to another. That's Ephesians chapter 5. We're to love one another and, and, and humble ourselves uh, to one uh, to, to one another and lift, lift up one another and help one another when need be and bear one another's burdens and care for one another. We're to pray for one another. We're to be there for one another. We're to fellowship. There's to be a bond of unity and peace. We're to, to serve alongside one another. Uh, all that has to do with loving one another. But we're not just called to love one another. Jesus said we'll be known by our love for, for the brethren. And 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 that should be uh, the case. Uh, uh, There should not be any uh, any hatred. There should not be any uh, uh, any any uh, strife, any division. Uh, uh, Love. uh, Say the word love conquers all. The truth is. True love, godly love, uh, the love of Christ will, will overcome uh, the, the, the strife and the division and help us to unite uh, in, the, in, in Christ and unite in the Spirit of God, unite in, a, in our service and work together for the Lord. Uh, that will cause us to do that. But outside of, of this, we're to love the world. Now, not love the world as in the, 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 the customs or the, 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 the sin of the world, but to love the people of the world just like Christ loved the people of the world. Guess what? That takes sacrifice too. Now, we're to be in the world, but not of the world. We're to be transformed, uh, we're not conformed, right? Uh, we're to be more, more and more like Christ. Well, if we're to do that, that means we're sacrificing ourselves for the world. Now, I'm not saying you go out and die for them. I'm saying you go out and give your life for them. Because just like Christ came to seek and to save his whole purpose was to save this world. We can't save them, but without Christ they will die and spend eternity in hell. Do we believe it? You don't have to shout amen, because that's a terrible... Amen, they're dying and going to hell. That's not the right time to say amen. But But do we agree? That's what the Bible teaches. If we agree, our purpose should then be not just to make friends at work, but to make converts at work. Well, that's easier said than done. You're right, it is. But if I, if, I, if, if I start sharing the gospel at work and complaints are made about me, I could lose my job. Jesus said they're not going to love you. They didn't love me we don't like to take it to that extent we like to be comfortable and we like to go to our jobs and, and, and not, make, not have, have political discussions or, or religious discussions with family there are certain things you don't talk about on the Thanksgiving table right so that's what they tell you don't talk about politics don't talk about religion those things that really stir things up I'm sorry but as the children of God we are told that we must talk about these things Every time I, open, I start a conversation with uh, somebody in the back of my car uh, driving Uber, I risk losing my ability to be able to drive for Uber. All it will take is one complaint, and I'll no longer be able to do it. There was a fellow who, who uh, I, I uh, he was uh, driving somebody, found out they were going to an abortion clinic and pulled over, refused to take her. I understand why he did it. He's no longer employed. He, t- he took a stance. I understand why he did it. He didn't share the gospel with her. He just kicked her out of his car. Those things happen. Well, I've got a family to feed. Trust the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not that I own not In all thy ways acknowledge him. And he'll direct the best. That doesn't put food on my table. No. When has God ever forsaken his people? It's easy to say that we believe. That if you die, or that somebody dies without Christ, that they're going to go to hell. It's, it's a whole lot harder to put our, our jobs and our friendships and our families on the line to get that across. Now, I'm not talking about beating somebody down with the Bible saying, you're going to go to hell. I'm talking about when God opens up the doors of those opportunities because you can do that in a right way and a wrong way. If I go around to, 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 to somebody's door and I knock shut up on your door... Rich, if I should up at your door and you didn't know who I was. Hi, I'm from Fellowship Baptist Church. You say, oh, that's funny. I go there too. I didn't know that. <laughs> Just kidding. Hi, I'd like to invite you to church. I'm, I'm, I'm not really interested. That's okay. Uh, but I, I really want you to understand that if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you're going to die and spend an eternity in hell. You are a sinner. Do you know that? Now, there's truth in what I said. It's the wrong way to say it. <laughs> Because the truth is, I'm a sinner too. So does that mean well? I just don't do that. I just don't do it in that way. Because we're speak, we're supposed to speak the truth in this little this little word we already talked about, love. So there's there's a way to to to, to talk about spiritual things. There there, there are ways to, to to get into the truth of the word of God to see where they stand and what they believe and 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 then have a discussion with them without ramming it down their throats and and breaking friendships or 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 even or more than or even worse than breaking friendships because sometimes the gospel will still break a friendship so, because they hate us because they hate they hated Christ first but if we do it the wrong way we'll do it we'll break it every time and and worse we'll damage the the opportunity for the next person to share the gospel with them Live our lives with purpose. Live our lives seeking and living our lives with sacrifice. Those are all things that Jesus Christ did for us. And he did for this entire world. I I like to say for us, but it wasn't just for us. But it was for us. And I, I truly believe, because he loves the world and he loves us, that if it was only us, he would have done the same. The question is then, since we can't do anything about what we did last week, or how we lived last week, this coming week, are we going to live our lives with our purpose or with his. Now the two can coincide as long as we're seeking to please him and do serve him. We, we, we have to work jobs. I'm not saying quit your job and just go tell people about Jesus. Unless God tells you to do that. In the case, then go do that. But live our lives with his purpose. Live our lives seeking those opportunities, and are we going to sacrifice? God help us to follow the example that Christ had. I, I say it because in Luke chapter, Luke, in Acts chapter one, we read the very beginning of the chapter. Turn over there real quickly. I preached this before. I, I won't preach. I guess I am preaching, but this isn't the message. This is the last thought. Acts chapter one. As the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began, both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up; after that he, he through the Holy Ghost has given commandments unto the apostles, whom he had chosen. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. Verse 1 says, in the book of Luke, he said, I wrote to tell you about all the things that Jesus began both to do and teach. Christ started a work in the Gospels while he was here. And while he finished the work of atonement, the work is not done. And the commandments that he gave to the apostles were that they were to go and to preach the gospel to every nation. That, that commandment falls down to us, to Troy, to, to, to Jade, to Jake, the Rich, to all of us. That we're all to go and tell the world. And we've been talking, this entire message has been on this. That we follow through the steps of Christ and do what Christ started. That we be the hands and feet of Christ today. God help us to do what God's called us to do. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, I thank you for just for the reminder of the importance of the gospel and what you came here to do. Lord, and also the importance of what you left us to do. God, I pray that you would help us to to uh, to love others. Lord, to, to, to live our lives with purpose, not our own purpose. Lord, we all have our own purposes and desires, but Lord, help us to live our lives with your purpose in mind. Help us to, 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 to seek out those opportunities to share the gospel. Father, you'll give them to us. You've called us to do it. God, I pray that you would that you would make us to be fishers of men. God, I pray that you give us the, the, uh, the compassion that Christ had, Lord, the, the purpose that Christ had, Lord, the boldness that Christ had, and the power. Lord, help us to share the gospel, and uh, Lord, that we might see people come to Christ. Lord, we're not looking to build up our church, to have a, uh, a mega church, or even just so we can fill our seats, Lord. Uh, God, we're just looking to see souls saved and people to give their lives to you, Father. Uh, you deserve to be praised, and you deserve to be worshipped. And Lord, you you died for this world. Lord, help us help us to reach them. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.